Welcome to the Lex Buds and Pick and Roll podcast. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Brandon. And with you as always, is Tyler. Tyler, we're doing a special Zoom episode this week, but man, we have got some interesting topics, uh, including some UK sports, both good and bad. Some interesting pageants going on in Hazard, Kentucky, to say the <laughs> le- <laughs> to say the least. And uh, we're going to basically break down the Let's Go Brandon fiasco viral hit song. So, I mean, there's a lot to do here. A lot to unfold. I, I'm yet to hear this song, so I'm I'm going to rely on you to tell me about that one. I can't but wait this... to see what you know about it. That's what I can't <laughs> wait to see. Because if you don't, it's really interesting. Uh, I, I can't wait. I, I will be learning about it with the audience today. Because this uh-huh. is all... Uh, I, I have not been up to date with music for the last 10 years. So if you tell me there's a hit song, if, if it's not, uh, you know, something by uh, Buck Cherry or rascal flats i'm probably not going to know what it is i don't know i don't know why i just said Uh, rascal flats (laughs) neither neither of which probably have ever had a number one song oh god but those were just the first two bands that came to my head from 10 years ago jeez louise i i I mean rascal flat don't even get me started with rascal flats you know how much that riles me up tyler you know how i can't stand that I know that's why that's why I mentioned it actually. I want to get you fired up so that uh, you will be entertaining for the show. Uh, oh, I like geez. Brandon when he's fired up about. Well, that. well, I've got some opinions on this show to say the least. It's going to be a fun episode. We're going to have a lot of fun. But uh, you know, before we get started, Tyler, um, you know, you want to give me a rundown on how the last few days have been since our last recording of the show. Dude, this is this is my favorite best week of the year. Because not only is it Halloween, it's also my birthday. My birthday is on the 25th. So every year I get my birthday and Halloween in the same week, which are really two of the best days of the whole year. Yeah. So I celebrated my birthday, turned the big 3-8 on Monday. Yeah. And we celebrated with a delicious cookie cake from Great American Cookie Company. I don't know. If you, have, have you had the cookie cakes from there? Are you? A fan? I think everybody has. If you went through the Fayette Mall, you've had a cookie cake at some point. Yeah, they're they're fantastic. Yeah, they're great. I absolutely love them, and, and they decorate them really nicely. I mean, when you look at them, I've never had somebody look at one and say, "You know, that just doesn't look good." No, I I, I would not trust somebody who would say something as absurd as that. That just makes no sense. But we had the we had a great cookie cake uh, with the fam. And then, of course, you know, Halloween, you got your trick-or-treating. You got your scary movies on TV all week. It's, I mean, it's just everything I love. It, it, it's celebrating my birthday. It's eating Reese Cups and Kit Kat bars, you know, stealing all my kids' Halloween candy, and then sitting and watching a Michael Myers movie. What else do you need in life? With some cookie cake. Yeah, you don't need much. I mean, I'm a big believer that the parents are bound to take a tax off of the kids' candy. That's because of the labor you put in to take them out. You're the one that purchases the costumes. The least they could do is throw you a Twizzler. That's exactly right. Yeah. I, said, I said, I'm taking the good stuff. I'm not taking the Twizzlers. They can keep the Twizzlers for all I care. I'm taking, I love the Twizzlers. I'm taking the Reese Cups and oh. the Kit Kats and the Sour Patch Kids. Those are, my, those are what I'm looking for when I sort through the bag. Yeah, the Sour Patch Kids, I totally get. I totally get that. So I'm with you. I enjoyed Halloween, man. We had a good time. We dressed up, did the whole thing. I went as Freddy Krueger. Nice. Did did My. you scare Did you scare anyone with your costume? Yeah, what, let me tell you. The kids <laughs> just run away frightened when they saw you. One kid, one little girl came to our house and ran away crying. 
So yes, <laughs> it worked. It worked. I felt bad for a second, then I was like, oh, "That's what you're supposed to do." Because uh, I, I took the kids around trick or treating, then we got back a little bit early. We just circled our neighborhood, and so I just stood on the porch, still as a statue. And and I, every now and then, I would turn my head as Freddy Krueger and wave at people with my with my blades for hands to little kids, yes. and they would run like crazy. They're like, "Is that real? Is that a statue?" And then I would put my thing up and go. Like that, <laughs> nice. and they would freak. One girl just totally ran away crying. So, uh, you know, I felt that it was a pretty, pretty optimal Halloween. Anytime I can scare a small child, I feel like it's uh, it's a win for me. Yeah, you know what I <laughs> what I love about Halloween? You know, it's the one day of the year that you can stand on your porch dressed like a serial killer with knives on your hands. You know, if if if, if it. You know, if it was uh, August 31st and you were doing that, people would be calling the police. But because it was October 31st, it's completely normal and acceptable. You know, I might try that out. Next time I go to Kroger, I may put on my Freddy Krueger costume and, like, touch some of the produce with my claw. Like, I'll pick it up with one hand. I'll be like, hmm, needs to ripen. You know, and just dig my blade into the side and yeah. just see how it feels. I don't know. I think you should just stab the apple with it and just start eating <laughs> it right there in the produce section. A little too ripe. <laughs> Went right through. Sorry, Mr. Kroger Produce Man. It's, give me something better. Um, but but it was all good. I took my skim of candy as well, especially the Sour Patch Kids. I think you have to do that. There's something about Sour Patch Kids that makes a man happy. And I'm waiting for the day when I wake up and read a study that that powdery stuff that they put on the Sour Patch Kids causes cancer because if so i'm screwed but i keep sitting there all the time like you know i love this stuff it can't be good for you no it's just it's just pure sugar i mean more more so than any other candy i feel like that is just you you're just you might as well just get a bowl of sugar and just sit and eat it with the spoon when you're eating sour patch kids yeah but but it is fantastic i love it it, it is fantastic we've got some sports news and some very interesting, probably some of the most interesting news uh, we've had on the show on this one. Uh, so I'm excited to get into it. I think we just jump right in, Tyler. And there's only one story that we can start out with. Uh, the Cats yes. took a 6-1 and one record. We're bowl eligible. We take our record down to Starkville to play Mississippi State, head coached by Mike Leach, who have been really hot and cold all year long, including losses to Memphis, I believe. Did they lose yep. to Memphis? Mem- Memphis, yes. Yeah, yeah, that Memphis, not basketball. Who, who is ninth in the American Conference. Correct. That, so we went down Memphis. there with pretty high hopes. Uh, we're coming off the bye week with Georgia. People think, hey, we've got a lot of time to prepare. We get our butts kicked. 31-17, and in my mind, it wasn't even that close. Tyler, what were your thoughts on the game and how do you feel about Tennessee this upcoming weekend? Well, this, this was just a huge, huge disappointment. This was probably one of the few games this year that I actually felt really confident going into. I mean, the, the way we'd played the last three weeks, even in the loss against Georgia, we, we played really well. You think, okay, this this team's got it rolling. This team's got it figured out. We've had some injuries, but we we got the extra week with the bye week. We got two weeks to prepare for for the for the cowbells and all the nonsense that goes on with that. You think, all right, we're going to go down there, take care of business, and we're just going to keep this train rolling. And then Josh Ali, first quarter, returns a punt for a touchdown. And you're like, all right, it is on. We're about to roll. 
Mississippi State. And then we don't score another touchdown until the fourth quarter after that. And we just we just got dominated, man, completely dominated on both sides of the ball. Mississippi State outrushed us. They outpassed us. They doubled our total yardage. So, I mean, every facet of the game, turnovers, we had four turnovers. Levis had three picks. Rodriguez had a, yet another fumble. It was, it's just an all-systems failure, man. You look at you just look at the stats, Mississippi <clears throat> State dominated in every possible way. It was one of the more frustrating games I've watched in a long time because you, you think that Kentucky has passed this, this type of performance. And I think we all could have lived with a loss if it was more competitive. The fact we got, got manhandled, and like you said, it wasn't as close as the 14 points ended up being. We, we were down 21 for most of the game and scored a late touchdown in the fourth quarter. It wasn't even close. wasn't even competitive, and that, it, it, to me, is what is truly disappointing. Yeah, I mean, there there was really no good facet to the game besides the the uh, punt return. That's it. That is the only good thing that we had. You know, Ruffalo kicked a pretty decent uh, length field goal, so that I mean, there is that. But when you're talking about the big blue wall, I mean, where's it at? Where's it at? I don't know. It's like uh, Miss uh, Coach Leach said, uh, Mister Stoops, I'm going to tear down that wall. You know, pull it around because <laughs> he he tore it down. He tore it down big time. It was embarrassing. There's something up with Chris Rodriguez. I don't know what it is. Um, I correct me if I'm wrong, Tyler. He had two fumbles, correct? Yeah, I think I think the other one they because I thought he had back. It, it wasn't ended up being not a fumble, so I think he technically only got credited with with one fumble, even okay. though he did lose another one. Because I thought there was a half a fumble where he he did they ended up calling it back, so I actually thought he had two and a half fumbles, but maybe I could <laughs> two I could be half fumbles. Yeah, so but either way, uh, too many fumbles to say the least. There's something going on there. He didn't start the game, so you know when you look out and you see Cavasse smoke, which he's not terrible, but he's not Chris Rodriguez. No, it's coming a big out. Difference. You know, the first question is 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 Chris Rodriguez in the doghouse? Like, what's going on? You know, your leading <laughs> your leading rusher, one of the leading rushers in the entire country, is getting very few snaps. Something's up, and I don't know what it is. So uh, that's very concerning. And then Levis threw some interceptions, but he could have had more interceptions. He was not on target all night long, missed some opportunities for some, you know, touchdown passes, especially before the end of the half. Uh, he has the the route to Josh Ali where he, he has him. He had Wondell Robinson earlier in the game and yep. then throwing a pick on the one yard line right before halftime when you got to get some kind of points. I mean, it, it's probably the worst I've seen him play. It was the worst I've seen Chris Rodriguez play. It's the worst I've seen our defensive play. We had an SEC record broken for completion percentage by a team that's four and four. <laughs> that's not that's not good. You know, we made their quarterback look like Joe Montana. Yes, we did. Straight up. You know, I mean, I, anytime your defense allows someone to break the all-time SEC record for completion percentage in a game, that's not usually a good sign. Yeah, and you're and you're talking about a league that's produced how many quality quarterbacks over the years i mean we no peyton manning didn't do it no eli manning didn't do it tim couch didn't do it but somebody named matthew stafford will rogers it breaks the record i mean that says a lot i I don't know what's going on i thought we should have probably changed our scheme at some point 
maybe take a look at the first half and say, hey, uh, let's not do that. Let's do something different. <laughs> yeah, that's the halftime speech. Don't do what you did the first half. <clears throat> yeah, that, that's what I put on Twitter. I said, you know, uh, halftime adjustments. Look at first half. Don't do that. Now move on. And that, that's your speech. And you move on. You just don't do it anymore. Because it was very clear that they would pick us apart. And there was nothing to lead us to believe that that would change. Yeah, I, I agree. And here, here's my worry. You know, the, the last couple games, Wondell Robinson has really been bottled up. Now, I know one of those games was against Georgia, and you can kind of understand that. But it seems teams are really just putting all their focus on, all right, we're going to give you the little, you know, two-yard throws to Robinson, but we're going to load up that side. We're not going to let him break free, and we're going to make somebody else beat us. It, it seems the, the blueprint for – how to beat Kentucky's offense is has been done. You you double team Wondell Robinson, and you load up load up the box to stop Rodriguez, and you say somebody else beat us. It's a tight end, another receiver, somebody's got to step up for this team because our offense just looks horrendous right now. I mean, can, can you believe – we only had 66 rushing yards. Chris Rodriguez had eight carries for 34 yards. We're not beating anybody with those numbers. Yeah, it's and pretty bad. I, I mean, we usually – Chris Rodriguez usually has 68 yards at halftime himself. Yes. So, it's very unusual. I, I don't get it either. Something's got to turn around, but that brings us to, you know, this upcoming weekend, Tyler. We've got a night game in Lexington against Tennessee. I mean <laughs> – how does this bold for us moving forward? I feel good about New Mexico, Vanderbilt. I feel pretty good about Louisville, but Tennessee is probably going to be our last huge test. Yeah, I, I don't feel good about it, man. I really don't. I, I mean, after the Georgia game, I think I was more nervous about Tennessee than I was Mississippi State. I actually, would, you know, if you'd made me pick which one I think we had a better chance of losing, I would have said Tennessee. But now that we've already laid such a big egg and start well i'm not optimistic man because tennessee's going to put up points they, they've shown they can put up points and our offense just does not look like it is capable of winning in, in, in a shootout which i think they would have to do to beat tennessee so i mean if you're making me pick right now i, th I think we're going to drop another one i think we lose to tennessee well, I don't like the sound of that at all, Tyler. That really upsets me. But also, I mean, you have to look at history as well. History has not really been on our side against Tennessee, even when we've been better. You know, Tennessee's been down for quite a while, and we haven't really taken advantage year after year like we should have. So I'm a little bit nervous. The fact that it's in Lexington, I think, does help. Our home crowd has been awesome. Of course, that was before we lost the last two games. So let's see if the crowd is really into it. It is a sellout. It sold out a few weeks ago. So, obviously, there's going to be butts in the seats. Let's just hope that the energy is there, and that may be enough to propel us. The only really, I guess, what I'm most nervous about is that Tennessee is going to feel like it's a home game because of the checkerboards and the end zones. But, I mean, you know, it's like we're saying, hey, we'll make you more comfortable. We have checkerboards too. Yeah, uh, I mean, the only other thing we could do is start throwing things onto the field, and they, they would feel right at home. <laughs> yeah. let's all, Everybody bring mustard bottles to the game. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody anyway, bring your mustard ball. Yeah. But, yeah, how about some good football news, Ty? We did have some good football news. You, you know, you talked about the wide receiving issues, but didn't we have some good news? 
We did four-star wide receiver from right here in our hometown of Lexington from Frederick Douglass High School, Dane Key, who was down to Kentucky, Michigan, South Carolina, and Oregon, made it official this week when he picked the Cates. Brandon, can, can we just go ahead and get him a uniform right now and get, get him out for the Tennessee game? I we hope think we, that would be allowable. I hope we do before he changes his mind because we really laid an egg. Like right after he committed, he's like, man, I'm gonna, we're going to have an awesome offense. We, we're great. And then, uh, you know, we delay a total egg. So I'm excited about it, though, because I don't think he'll be the only big wide receiver commit that's, uh, you know, a high-profile commit coming up here soon. And that's really where we're at a disadvantage is with, you know, we, we have to have targets to throw to. I think Will Levis has the arm. I do think he has some accuracy issues, but that can easily be fixed with wide receivers that can get some separation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so if you have somebody besides Wandell Robinson, and he's probably gone after this year, let's be honest. Uh, but part of me dreams that he will be back next year to go with <laughs> Tanky and, uh, you know, a couple other guys as well. So we'll, we'll see how it goes, but I'm excited about the commitment. It's never a bad thing to get a hometown kid and exactly. uh, a UK legacy as well. So I'm yeah. excited about it. Yeah. I mean, th this is one of those recruits that you just have to get. Uh, not even necessarily that because he's that good, which he is. He's really good, very talented player. But it's a Lexington kid. His dad played for UK. That's the type of player that we we can't lose those type of guys. Because let's be honest, the state of Kentucky doesn't produce that many elite Division One players. And then you add in all those other factors. If if he would have picked South Carolina or Michigan, that would have it have been devastating. And, you know, we, we, we don't need more bad news after the last two games. We need something that can provide us with, with some optimism for the future with our wide receivers. Because as, as I pointed out earlier, right now it's Wandell and that's it. Uh, so we, we've, that's a, it's a position of need, of huge need. So I'm excited. I think Stoops obviously has realized the issue needs to be addressed at the wide receiver position, much like Calipari realized he needed to address the issue of getting more shooters on the team. I think Stoops has been a ground and pound type guy for a long time. And now he's finally come to the realization like, Hey, if we want to take this to the next level of what we, we can do here at Kentucky, we've got to be able to throw the ball down the field. And he is starting to bring in the caliber of player to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I do want to point out uh, one thing. We haven't won a football game since October the 9th. Wow, really? Yeah. How's yeah. that possible? <laughs> LSU was October the 9th. So we have not won a football game since October 9th. So there, there's kind of a lull, right? Because wow. we had the next week we played Georgia. The next week was a bye. The next week is we got our butts kicked by Mississippi State. And then we got a whole other week for Tennessee. So, I mean, you're looking at almost a month. Man, that's crazy. I did that's unbelievable. Yeah, it is kind of scary. But uh Tyler, you brought up a little bit of basketball news as well. Uh Kentucky played Kentucky Wesleyan uh, at Rep Arena. And as expected, they ended up winning by over 20, although at times the game was in the 30-point range as well. A lot of cats, uh, in fact, I think all the cats got on the scoreboard. And uh, it was pretty much an open practice, in my opinion. I got to watch it. But uh, did you get a chance to watch it, Tyler? Do you have any overall thoughts on the game? Did you get a chance to see it? Um, so, actually, I was at a wedding on Friday night. The, the a night likely excuse. Wesleyan game. 
yeah, I, I don't know who – I mean, who who picks their wedding for the night of a Kentucky exhibition game? I mean, priorities, come on. Yeah, get your stuff uh, together, people. Don't get married in the fall, winter, or spring. I mean, yeah. have some you, courtesy. Yeah, you have a two-week window in the summer to have all your weddings. <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't do it during the – do it during the dead recruiting period. That's the only time that you can do it. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, I, you know, I did see some of the highlights, read a lot of recaps of the game. Um, what, what I'm interested to get your opinion on, Brandon, of course, going into the game, Cal basically said we've got three starters set in stone. Yeah. We have Ty Ty Washington, Xavier Wheeler, and Oscar Shibway, who all three started. I believe the other two starters end up being Keon Brooks and Davion Mintz, uh, who both had very good games. So based upon what you saw, Brandon, from those two and the other guys, who, who are you penciling in as those other two starters in eight more days when we play Duke? Well, first, Shaden Sharp. Second. Here we go. <laughs> he's going to come. He's going to show up right before the Duke game, Tyler. Just wait. <laughs> uh, but, no, I, I, I'm being – sarcastic sort of not really you'll never know i'm not gonna tell you i I would i'd like to see what the odds are in vegas for that one yeah but uh you know i think keon brooks is playing his way into a starting spot i mean he hit a lot of open three points not open i mean just basically drain them you know my question is is that something consistent was that a fluke game because i didn't see that coming call me crazy I didn't see Keon just going off with his jump shot. He had four threes. I know. Four. So so that's what I'm wondering. Is that just a blip on the radar? Like, where the hell did that come from? Or is it a sign of things to come? I don't know. But he's playing his way into that. And I think you have to start Davion Mintz to start the year because he was your leader last year, and he hasn't gotten worse. You know, he played really well in the last game. So I think you can start there. Everybody can get behind that and say, you know what? These guys played really well last year. The team sucked. But these guys played well last year. And give the other guys a chance to get in, but they have to earn it. And that was probably the recruiting pitch that Cal gave anyway. Like, hey, we're going to have some experienced guys. You're going to have to play your way in. Um, you know, Kellen Grady, I don't know. I mean, he's, he scores a lot. It's going to be hard to keep him off the floor as well. Um, that's probably my – geez, we got so many and, players, Tyler. And that's we haven't problem. even seen Jacob Toppin yet. I mean – I know. I know. So, that's, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't think you can keep a high – profile scorer like Kellen Grady off the court for very long so but who do you replace you know I think you maybe you replace uh, uh Severe Wheeler maybe if you're looking for additional scoring but then you got CJ Frederick that's going to be coming back too I don't know Cal is going to have to work the jigsaw puzzle and let me know I don't know yeah I mean you could literally you could go down the roster and make a case for like eight guys and say well how do you not start this guy how do you not start this I mean we just went through and you make a compelling argument for any of these guys. So yeah, he's got to figure it out. There's probably going to be some hurt feelings for guys who maybe thought they would have started and don't. I, I'm kind of with you. I think Mintz and Brooks should be the other two. I mean, Mintz was the leading scorer. How do you not start a guy who was your leading scorer and comes back to school? And then Keon Brooks, I mean, I mean, he, he just seems like he's one of the leaders of the team and somebody that the players look up to. And he certainly showed, in at least in that first exhibition game, that he, he has massively improved, especially his outside shot. Kind of reminded you a little P.J. Washington-esque. A little bit. Of, of his sophomore year. <laughs> yeah. So if he's anywhere near that, I mean, 
Well, slow down. <laughs> Let's hold on. BJ Washington. Yes, BJ Washington dominated. I, and I'm not saying Keon played not great. I'm just saying I just want to see it again because, you know, we've seen blips on the radar. Yeah. You know what I mean, so I just uh, <laughs> I got to see more than one game. I feel you. Any concerns after, you know, we won by 23, but we gave up 72 points. Do you, are you concerned about the defense or the well, interior, any, anything that here's, maybe here's, made you worried? The only problem is that if somebody gets by their man, we're screwed. Because <laughs> we don't have really – the help is bad, the interior defense is bad, and shot blocking not great against Kentucky Wesley, I guess is what I'm looking at, you know. You can see giving up some points like that on the interior if you're playing a really quality team, but this is Kentucky Wesleyan. So, I mean, that is a little bit of a concern. We've got Duke in eight days, but Duke's, you know, also learning on the fly here as well. They got some new players too. So we always get better. Our defense always get better, gets better. Tyler Hero, for Pete's sake, even learned to play defense for a month here. So let's really, you know, at some point they'll get it together and, and we'll get it figured out. But, you know, right now I think they're just not there. Yeah, uh, we definitely got a ways to go, but we got eight days to figure it out before Piece the Piece of cake. Game. Piece of yeah. cake. I'm sure Cal will have them ready to roll in the next Absolutely. No way you got to bang on Tyler Hero like that. Well, because he didn't play defense for this. five months. He turned it on right, <laughs> right before the draft, so people would be like, oh, he plays defense. Yeah. That's pretty good. That, that, right. I think that's all the sports, right? That is. That's all the sports. So before we get to the news segment, just would like to – Ask everyone, if you are listening, please give us a follow on Twitter at LexBuds or give us a like on Facebook, LexBuds and Pick and Roll. And if you are listening to this podcast but aren't subscribing, if you maybe just randomly happened across us, hit that subscribe button. We come out with a new show every week, and you want to be the first one to get that new episode when it comes out. Absolutely. You know, there's a really interesting statistic, Tyler, in podcasts and even on YouTube. 80% of listeners are not subscribers. Really? Isn't that, isn't that odd? It's an interesting stat. That is interesting. You, you wouldn't think that at all, but it, but it is true. But yeah, like Tyler said, we, especially on Twitter. I mean, we're pretty active during the games on Twitter. Um, and we've been fortunate to grow our, our Twitter base organically. We don't pay for clicks. We don't pay for views. We don't pay for Twitter followers. Everything we put out is from our lovely brains. And we just put it out to the world and you soak it up like a sponge. And that's what we do here. <laughs> Right. It, it, it is. Yeah, we, we're, we're everywhere, uh, except we, we are yet to join the world of TikTok. So if you, if you look for us on TikTok, we are not there yet, but you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> the Facebook, yeah, or check us out, LexBuds.com on the interwebs. Yep, absolutely, Tyler. What do we got? That, I know we got some interesting news this week. And you've got the list in front of you. We're on Zoom again here, by the way. So Tyler's got the master list in front of him right now. He's looking at it. And I'm nervous. I don't know what's coming down the pike here. I'm interested to see what we got. I know there's some big news. Let's just dive into it. What do we got, Tyler? All right. So we're going to start. First news story is with A&W Restaurants. Who knew they would be a, a topic on the show? I love A&W. But, but me too. It's very underrated. Mm-hmm. But A&W is coming out with a three-ninths burger. Nights you know, with a K or an N? Uh, an N, through like like the fraction, three over nine. Like So it's like three nights of a pan. Oh, I, I thought you said three nights. Like, oh. <laughs> well, that, like, would be mu- that would be much more interesting. 
Uh, Three Nights Burger. Okay. Yeah. So do you do you know why they are calling this the Three Nights Burger? Would it be a third pound burger? It is a third pound burger. Very good. You know your math, Brandon. Thank I'm you. Very impressed. Thank you. But apparently, many years ago, A and W came out with a one third pound burger, which. If you also know your mouth, or no, know your mouth, know I your do, math. I know that too. <laughs> you know your math. A third is bigger than a fourth. However, when A and W came out with this campaign back in the day, people obviously don't <laughs> understand fractions, and they saw, oh well, three is less than four, so these burgers are smaller than a quarter pounder. I'm not going to go get a small burger from A&W that's only one third. I'm going to go to McDonald's and get the big quarter pounder. <laughs> and so it was a massive yeah. failure because Americans suck at math. So a so is now rebranding it as the three-ninths burger instead of the one-third burger. What do you think of this marketing campaign, Brandon? Do you think this is going to work? You're you're it's, you're a marketing major. So what, what do you think of this? Tyler, I think it's beautiful. I think it's perfect. I mean, it's very smart. Three nights sounds like a big number. You know what I mean? And if they want to do a bigger one or even the same one, they could do a a, a what a six eighteenths. <laughs> Where does it end? I don't know. You tell they me. Could maybe keep, they could keep it going. Maybe Burger King comes out with that. And people think, oh, three nights. Hell, that's small. You know. <laughs> Be the 18th, but yeah, exactly. But it does kind of—it's a sad commentary on where we are as a country. Uh, that we have to dumb down our math so people will know which is a better burger. If we can't figure that out, we're in deep crap, Tyler. You know, well, I, I think we're in deep crap because it's—it was proven. That's why people didn't buy them. But I mean, but, I love A and W. The the food is delicious. It's highly underrated. The burgers are great. Everything's good there. They rebranded themselves a few years ago and kind of changed things up a little bit compared to what they were uh, and did a really good job. I'm a fan of AW. Yeah, I like it too, even though I, I actually I don't like root beer and it's I don't like the A&W like root beer. I've just never, never been a fan of root beer. Not a root beer guy. But the burgers are good. They're solid. Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan. During Lexington Burger Week, I always look forward to seeing what A&W has. But uh, I think it's a smart marketing move. I will probably try it out, and we'll see how it is. Okay. Well, I'll tell you somebody who could use some good marketing uh, is the principal of Hazard High School. If you have somehow been living under a rock in the last week, Hazard High School has made national news for its, quote, man pageant which took place during school hours at Hazard High School. I'm, I'm not sure what exactly a man pageant is, but apparently it entails the male students dressing up like girls and having some sort of beauty pageant. And this just seemed to spiral out of control as the students were running around in underwear and lingerie, uh, giving lap dances to faculty members. There were female students wearing Hooters outfits and carrying what looked like pitchers of beer. And the photos of this somehow made it onto Hazard High School's Facebook page to share with the entire world. And that's, that's what set off this whole storm of madness. Brandon, what do we make? What is going on in Hazard? Well, Tyler, there's a lot of 
pieces to this. <laughs> okay, there you go. That's a lot to unpack. First of all, the principal is also the mayor. Yes, he, yes, he is. Okay, so, and his first name is Happy. <laughs> How convenient, because it looked awfully happy in those pictures. So yes, let me just say this. There, there are a lot of schools. I know a lot of people are upset about the man pageant thing, but as far as there's other schools that do like the, uh, the almost miss whatever pageant. It's, it's been done before. It's not anything new, right? I've seen that. So to me, Agreed. that's not that's not the problem. It's, you know, good-natured fun. It's kind of funny. You can have a laugh. The problem is, let me just, for any teachers or principals or mayors that are out there listening to this show, anytime you find yourself laughing, smiling, and clapping as a student is dancing in lingerie in front of you in your lap, you've made a wrong turn. <laughs> You need to stop that. That will get you in trouble. So just for future reference, again, let me repeat it for the people in hazard in case they're not getting this. Student in underwear, dancing in front, don't clap. You know, move on, cut, cut it off. Kids will push the limit until you tell them to stop. I've got two boys at home. I can tell you right now, they would, can I have a, a bag of Sour Patch Kids? Yeah. Can I have 10? No. Okay. If you give them an inch, they'll take them out. Your job as a teacher, as a mayor, is to have some guidelines, show some responsibility, and tell people no. I saw a statement that came out from the superintendent that said, you know, these were student-led activities. Okay, if the student started doing blow at half court because it was a student-led activity, does that make it okay? Or should the teachers come out and say, what the hell are you doing? That matter if it's a student-led activities or student-led activity. Students don't run the school, as far as I know. There's a principal and there's teachers. When the students are screwing up, you say, hey, time out. We got to stop this right now. Let's head back to class. We ain't doing it. Piece of cake. And some people are saying, well, it's blown out of proportion. If that's not the line, what the hell is the line? I, I could say some things on this show, but we'd probably get kicked off the podcast. Well, I mean, what is the line? Do they have to do? I'm not going to say it. Where else can you go? You've went over the line. You you went over the line. You pissed on the line and lit it on fire. You went too far, man, and you didn't do anything about it. So if I were the mayor and I were the principal and I were any of the teachers, have some dignity and find another job. Yeah, this is this is just bad. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you can defend this, to, to be honest. And I know there are people who are defending it and saying, oh, they're just kids. They're just having fun. Yeah, they are just kids. And yeah, if you ask the students, I'm sure they're like, oh, this is great. Like, people are just blowing this out of proportion. It's like you said, that's why we have adults in the building. It, we, it's not Lord of the Flies. We don't just open the doors like, all right, come on in, kids. Y'all teach yourselves. Here's some books. <laughs> like, Cal, just roll the ball out. Okay, we just, just roll the math books out and let the kids learn. And you see no. how mad people get at Cal for doing that, right? That's what these teachers are doing. No, that, that's why the adults are there. They are there because kids are going to make poor choices, and the adults are supposed to be the ones to provide a good example as to how they are supposed to become good citizens for the community. I mean, you, you, are you are promoting basically a strip club is, is what this pageant turned into, people giving lap dances. And what, what I think is being vastly 
not talked about enough are the girls carrying what, a, you know, I guess it was apple juice or something that looked like beer, but they were carrying pitchers to imitate beer wearing Hooters outfits. And that's not even the big story. That's not even the big story. I got buried under the lead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I bet those girls were like, shoo, thank goodness that the, the guys acted like idiots. <laughs> or, or that would have been the big story. And, and I, I know it would have been very difficult, you know, as, as a teacher, as a principal, you know, you, you don't want school to just be this place of, oh, we don't ever do anything fun. You know, you want to have activities that are, student-led and student-oriented but at some point i mean you, you have to have some idea of what the kids are doing at a school assembly you can't just say all right guys you go just go do whatever you want we're not going to ask any questions we're we don't want a preview or any idea of what you're going to be doing i mean it's you, you just you just can't do that you well, can't let me let me disagree let with you rule, rule the let, school I'll, I'll disagree with you on that because I, th I still think you can have student-led events. It's just when they go over the line, then you stop it, right? I think you can still give the students some autonomy to do this, but once it hits the I line, bet they don't just, anymore. just say, Boop. well, now they're not going to. If they're smart, they won't do it. <laughs> what cracks me up is, again, the superintendent came out and said, you know, we're going to implement training um, oh, so yeah. our staff will know how to handle this. And I was like, okay, step number one, no lap dances from students. Number two, if the lap dances are in their underwear, that's really not good. Number three, if you had to read rule number one and two, what the hell are you doing being a teacher or a principal? Common sense, people. This isn't even common sense. It's actually kind of gross, to be honest with you. It's gross. And you got the mayor slash principal laughing it up, chucking it up. Oh, 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 lingerie dances at school. This is great. No. And school can still be fun. Somewhere between school and lingerie lap dances, there can be fun. <laughs> yeah, there's got to be a medium there somewhere. Just because we don't have lingerie lap dances anymore doesn't mean you can't have fun. And I've seen a lot of students and parents come to the defense of the schools. And if Hazard wants to live with that and let that be let what they're known for, have at it. I don't want anything to do with it. That's their problem. But I also think that also that shows a little bit of a generational problem that this has been going on for years and years, probably not to this level, but things like this have been going on for years. The, the parents that are supporting this were probably involved in programs like this. So they support it because they were taught incorrectly when they went through the school. It's a, yeah. genera it's a generational thing. And until you weed all that out, people are going to think this is OK. And it's not. It's dumb. If you can support a mayor and a principal that happily happy is happy to clap and laugh and dance with their students in their underwear, then that is on you and you'll be the laughing stock of the county, the state, and the country right now. So that's up to you if you want to own it, have at it. Yeah. And the the, the parents even said, you know, this is a this is a tradition. Uh, they 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 actually made that as an argument. Like th this is a tradition. We don't we don't want the the media Everybody criticizes to take away our traditions. Well, it's this is a horrible tradition. Yeah, what the hell the hell's a tradition with that? Uh, you know, slavery I, slavery was a tradition too until everybody realized how stupid it was. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, you could say that about anything. I'm not comparing the two things, but I'm just saying, just because something's a tradition doesn't make it any good. I I agree, and it's it's a bad look. 
you know, uh, unfortunately, you know, you and I are both the Eastern Kentuckians. And we're going to get to another story in a minute that was also giving Eastern Kentucky a very bad look. And let's not forget what uh, – I probably shouldn't bring it up. We had some uh, coaches back in the day that had some things to say about Hazard. And let's say that they probably lived up to that a little bit in this story. So, we'll move on. Well, I, I also don't like Hazard because when I was in high school, <laughs> my car got broken into while yeah. I was in Hazard. And somebody yeah. stole my basketball uniform out of the back seat of my car. They, they stole my basketball jersey, Brandon, and, and I will never forget it. Yeah, that was at the Who's, movie theater up on the hill, right? Yeah, the, the hillside theater. Somebody yeah. broke into my car, stole my stereo, and my basketball uniform. Somebody probably still has that. Oh, well, the, well there, there's more to the story. A few months oh, later. share. A few months later our girls' softball team was playing a game in Breathitt County, which is, you know, maybe 45 minutes from Hazard. And there just so happened to be a basketball court next to the softball field in Breathitt County. And one of, one of our girls' players was, you know, sitting there, and they see this little kid out on the basketball court shooting basketball wearing my oh, basketball no. jersey. Oh, no. Which I know at the time, you know, my basketball jersey was a big seller at the time. You know, a, a lot of people bought the the Bentley 33 Whitesburg jersey. It was a hot item. In the early 2000s, I know. Uh, but the, the girl went up to the kid and was like, hey, little boy, where, where'd you get that basketball jersey? And he said, oh, my mom's boyfriend <laughs> gave it to me. Oh, <laughs> And so the, the, the girl asked, like, oh, that, that's one of my friends. Could, could I have it back so I can take it back to him? And the kid just gave her the jersey back. And so I ended up getting my jersey back like a couple months later. <laughs> that's uh, awesome. But, yeah, big, big thank you to the uh, boyfriend in Breathitt County who drove to Hazard to steal my basketball jersey. You are one first class. First class. Absolutely. Speaking of first class, Tyler, what do we got next? All right, well, Brandon, I'm going to count on you to explain this one to me because, as I said, I am completely out of touch with the music scene. I, I know nothing about music these days that these kids are listening to. I, I just I don't get it. But apparently there's a new song rising up the charts called Let's Go Brandon. Is that the name of it? That's correct. And this and is it's from... an anti-Biden song. Okay, Tyler, first of all, let's go back a little bit. And, and okay. you're correct. Well, the top streaming song right now on top of the charts is by For Forgiato Blow called Let's Go Brandon. And before we go into the song itself, Tyler, do you know what the, that means? Uh, no, I do, I do not know who Brandon is or okay. why he needs to go. Well, first of all, I absolutely love this because it's got my name in it. So I feel like people are cheering for me, which is great. So there was a NASCAR race, Tyler. Um, I don't know if it was the main race or one of the secondary races, but uh, one of the drivers was named Brandon, who ended up winning the race. And afterwards on NBC, um, the reporter was interviewing Brandon, and the crowd was actually going with the F Joe Biden chant very loudly, okay? <laughs> okay. And the announcer is interviewing Brandon. She says, oh, this is great. They're saying, let's go, Brandon. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, so so now it's turned into a whole thing where that's where the where the uh, newscast or sportscaster is like, oh great, they're saying let's go, Brandon, but you can clearly hear them saying f Joe Biden. <laughs> oh no! So, so now it's turned into a whole thing, and people are just all about it. Instead of saying f Joe Biden, they're like, let's go, Brandon. Yes. 
So, uh, and that even includes a small child uh, at, a, at a race the following week that did gentlemen start your engines. And then he said, let's go Brandon <laughs> right after. So it's turned into a whole thing. And now there is a rap song called let's go Brandon from this. Of course rapper there that, is. Of course there is because everything's political now. And that's what we do. Uh, Tyler, first of all, your thoughts on hearing what this means and what it is, because you're just finding this out. Everybody else in the country knows. So you, you have virgin ears here. Tell me what your first thoughts are knowing what I just told you. Um, this poor reporter for NBC Sports. Oh my gosh. That's, I mean, I can't think of anything more embarrassing than that. I mean, oh, she was oh. all in on it too. It was like the real belief that that's what was going on. Supposedly a lot of people are saying, oh, look at the news filtering out what they think you're hearing. So there's all that too, but, uh, it's just interesting. Yeah. But I, I mean, I can do, we, we get enough politics into everything. If now, if, if I can't even listen to a song on the radio without a political message, then I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to be done with music for a while. I'm just going to turn off my radio for the next 10 years and yeah, or just listen to podcasts like Lex Buds and pick and roll. That's correct. Now to me, I, you know, I get that people are angry. I mean, they were angry at Trump for Pete's sake. I mean, people put up Hitler signs of Trump and all that. And people are saying F Joe Biden at these games now. I just don't like the politics mixed with sports at all, man. I just like to enjoy the games without feeling like I have to watch CNN to know what's going on. I like to watch sports. And, uh, you know, it's like for the last 15 years, it's so political, you can't move. And I don't think the F Joe Biden chants are necessarily helpful in getting rid of that. It's just going to make it worse because then when somebody from the other party gets in, they're going to say F that person. It just is never going to stop. We're either going to get past it or not. But I will say that that particular moment from that uh, sportscaster was hilarious. <laughs> that is. I, I'm going to have to go back and find that. But, yeah, I, I agree completely. Like at, at no point when I'm at a Kentucky football game cheering my brains out when we're blocking a field goal against Florida, am I thinking, you know what? You know what this place needs right now is an anti-Trump or anti-Biden chant. Let's get that. How about we just – you know, cheer for our team and save our your life. expletives for the opposing team. Yeah. Yeah. F that team, <laughs> you know, who cares about your, don't bring the president. Don't bring anybody into it. Don't bring Mitch McConnell. Don't bring Biden. Don't bring anybody into it. We just want to watch football. Yeah, I agree. Well, that's, <laughs> that's, that's crazy, man. I'm, I'm, is the song any good? No, <laughs> no, it's terrible, but it's one of those of things. Once it takes off, it doesn't matter if it's terrible or not. People are going to download it. Yeah, that's so. crazy. All right. Well, Brandon, this <laughs> I'm I'm a little nervous about this next story. Oh, I can't wait to see where this goes. Because it's a little racy. Oh, that's what so we do here, Tyler. Yeah, we're we're going we're, we're gonna have to dip our toes into this one. Oof. But the, the headline for this story may be the best headline I've seen in a long time. And if you have heard any stories coming out of Corbin recently, you probably know the one. But the headline coming out of Corbin, Kentucky, was that a woman stabbed her cousin over a dispute about a sex toy. So, of course, I see that headline like, well, I'm reading this story. (laughs) Had you not clicked on that? I mean, that is clickbait at its finest. It almost sounds like clickbait, but it's not. It's real. It's real. The headline matches the story. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it did and so 
when, when you read the details, you find that the woman had borrowed her male cousin's sex toy, which that's a, a whole other part of the story, but borrowed it. And the guy apparently asked for it back and she did not want to give it back to him, which then led to the dispute and then led to her stabbing him in the hand. Jeez. Of course, after that, the authorities were called and police got to the bottom of it uh, as to what the dispute was over. So we now have this wonderful story of cousins, no less, in Eastern Kentucky fighting over a sex toy. Oh, Brandon, boy. what what can we even say about this? Tyler, I mean, I'm curious to see what the toy is, number one, that can uh, you know work in multiple ways like that. Um, you know, something tells me this is a great toy. Um, I guess. I don't know. Maybe if that cousin wasn't going to get it back, maybe he could have said, hey, that would make a great stocking stuffer for Christmas for me. Get that for me for Christmas. <laughs> and you know what? Stocking stuffer may have been the name of the toy for all. I, mean, I, I really... <laughs> I really don't know. I mean, it's <laughs> who knows, oh, but uh, you know, you could have just put it on his Christmas list today. Uh, you know, we're good. There's COVID. We don't need to be sharing. Yeah, that's that's a, yeah. COVID's a whole other aspect of this. But what <laughs> what what I'm curious about, I mean, the, the, these are cousins, as we said. How many cousins have open conversations about the toys that, that they are using? I mean, how, how does this even come up that the woman asked to borrow it? So clear, clearly, they had had conversations about this, yeah. which, is, which is also disturbing to me that that, that was even a, a topic of, I mean, there, I mean there's Tyler, so many yeah. other things to talk about. They could have been talking about the hazard man pageant. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Tyler, you and I didn't even share our Ninja Turtle toys. So, I mean, no. I don't think we would have ever went down that road. I, I, would, I, would, I would have fought you if you tried to take one of my Ninja Turtle actions. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. You may have stabbed me like these people. I don't know. But, uh, you know, apparently it must be one hell of a toy. If I was the company that made that toy, I would put that as my marketing. You know, right? headline, headline on my website. People stab each other over our toy. This is great. Oh, yeah, they, try to they, figure out what it is. They, 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 these would be my two spokesmen for, <laughs> exactly. for, for the company. So good I mean, to stab a, a family member. That's great. Yeah, if I'm, uh, you know, Fredericks of Hollywood or H Hustler Hollywood, I I'd be getting these two people signed up right now for advertisement. Yeah. Ty, I'm really uncomfortable talking about that. Okay, yeah, that's about, that's about all I've got to say for that. <laughs> yeah. Before we say something completely inappropriate, let's As move it, on. Yes, please. What do we got next? All right. Another great story, Brandon. <laughs> a woman is suing Kellogg's. You know, Kellogg's, the, the cereal... Sure. Maker. Yep. They are suing yep. Kellogg's over an issue over their Pop-Tarts. Okay. And the problem that this woman has with the Kellogg's Pop-Tarts is with the strawberry variety, which, of course, is the best. I mean, strawberry Pop-Tarts. Oh, there, there's no the, doubt about it. The best it, It's not even close. Not even close. But the woman is upset because there is not enough actual strawberry in the strawberry pop tarts for her liking she said there's a lack of strawberries mm -hmm. it is false advertising for them See. to promote strawberries mm -hmm. in the strawberry pop tarts so she is suing kellogg i think it's something like five million dollars or something like that uh brandon put on your your uh your lawyer hat here do you do you think this woman has a case against kellogg's 
No, this is the dumbest story. I mean, it's ridiculous. You know what you're getting when you get a Pop-Tart. It's a very thin layer of some sort of fruit filling. They're not cutting up strawberries and slicing them and then covering them with icing and making a Pop-Tart. It is some kind of gelatinous goop that they mixed up in a lab and people seem to like it because they put enough sugar in. No, it's absolutely ridiculous. At least they try to fake it though and put some, you know, strawberry seed thingies in there every now and then make it look <laughs> make it look because at least they're trying but what do you expect otherwise this lady's going to end up suing every company up and down that same aisle that claims to be serving real blueberries or strawberries or whatever does not happen yeah i mean is, is she going to sue starburst next the, the strawberry starburst don't have enough real strawberries in them i mean you, you can you better yeah, like you don't can. don't laugh at that because <laughs> it's coming you can do every fruit flavored candy or ice cream or whatever with that it's, it's ridiculous, man. And this coming from somebody, I love strawberry Pop-Tarts. Oh, I do too. There, there was a time where that was my daily breakfast. I, I would eat just a strawberry Pop-Tart almost every morning for breakfast. The frosted I, or unfrosted? Oh, you got to go frosted, right? I don't go frosted. I like the, I like the unfrosted. I don't really? like frosting. It's too sweet. I like to taste the real strawberries inside. Unlike this lady. <laughs> well, that, that's, that's just absurd. But... Uh, Anyway, uh, I have also major complaints with Pop-Tarts. Have you noticed that the thickness of Pop-Tarts has just continued to decline? I mean, Pop-Tarts are about as thick as a piece of paper anymore. They're, like, I put them in the toaster and they just crumble apart. <laughs> yeah, they start to fall apart at the edges now. Yeah, I mean, so uh, there's not even enough room to put real strawberries in it because they're so thin. That's my. That's what I would like to sue Kellogg's for. Well, start it up, Tyler. Everybody's suing everybody these days. Just have at it. Tell them you're not getting enough pastry. That's right. I, I so, need more more sugar than what absolutely. I'm. I'm not getting enough sugar in my pop tarts. Absolutely, that's a crazy story. But I wouldn't be surprised. This won't be the last time some company gets sued for something like this. But absolutely. All right. Well, last story comes to us from California, which has been. The, the source of many topics on this show. Always is, yeah. But in this case, we're going California high school football where the final score of the Inglewood high school football game was 106 to 0. Inglewood High School defeated Morningside High School 106 to nothing. Mm. I believe the starting quarterback for Inglewood threw for 13 touchdowns, which seems, that seems like a lot. Wow. We, we could, we, we could have used him uh, in start bowl last Saturday. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> which has sparked a debate online about they were running up the score. You know, there should have been more of a running clock. You know, you have the opposite side of the argument, which is, you know, something, you know, we often say, like, well, if you don't like the other team from scoring, then stop them. Yeah. But in, th in this case, Brent, I mean, th th these are high schools. <coughs> these are high school kids. Mm -hmm. And you and I have seen playing high school basketball in Eastern Kentucky. A lot of times there's just a different level of skill between schools. I mean, you have schools that are 6A that have kids that are going to play D1. The starting quarterback for this kid is signed to play at UCLA. I mean, so this this is an elite school, elite program. I don't know anything about the other team, but I I, I, I do. They suck. 
<laughs> they lost a, yeah, they lost 106 to nothing. So probably, probably not going to be winning any championships this year. But I, I don't like this man. I mean, I think at some point, I mean, these are still high school kids, and what are what are they learning by going out and just? I mean, what the winning team is learning nothing. The losing team is learning nothing. You're leaving this kid in just to sit and pad his stats so he get 13 touchdowns. I mean, I, I just don't get what is the point. What are you trying to prove by running up the score like this? It's it, it's despicable. I mean, it, you yeah, take you gotta your be- starters out. You should, if nothing else, quit throwing the ball. You know, I know <laughs> at some point you can't, you have to let your players still try. You can't be like, all right, you get there and don't try. But you can just, you know, run the ball instead of continuing to throw and throw for 13 touchdowns. I don't like it, Brandon. I don't – I don't. as somebody who has coached middle school sports, I think it just demoralizes the kids on that other team and it embarrasses them. But just, just a classless move, I felt like, by this coach. Yeah, I remember uh, going back to my middle school days, Tyler, on varsity. Uh, we got ahead of a team at halftime 72 to nothing. Jeez. Yeah, that, that was a lot. It was when I was in uh what was it, seventh grade? Seventy two. What, what 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 was that to, was it Kingdom Come or uh No, it was a really bad team. No, yeah. it wasn't Kingdom Come. They barely got the ball across half court, uh, maybe once or twice. So it was basically we and we didn't stop pressing the whole time. <laughs> we scored it was seventy two nothing. And then at halftime that the other team came out, they just had their gear on and left. They, left. <laughs> they just left. Yeah, they left. Um, yeah, it's a tough call. Probably what I would do if I was up by that much is go visit the other team at halftime and just say, what do you want to do? You know, because some coaches may be like, we want to keep trying. You know, yeah. I don't know. Maybe That's not. Fair. That's you fair. Know, I want the kids to get your best effort. Or, you know, I would just go talk to the coach and say, hey, this really is probably not working for either one of us. Uh, because the other thing is, if you have a big difference in talent, you also risk your good players getting hurt because you're playing against players that don't know how to properly tack one that could take somebody's legs out or whatever. You know I mean? You can get hurt doing that. Yep. You play against somebody that doesn't know basketball, they could undercut you when you're going up for a layup because they don't understand. You know what I mean? So at some point you're also risk, risking your player's injury if you're playing with people that aren't up to the level. It's actually kind of dangerous for both, both teams. You know what I mean? So I would just either call timeout in the second quarter, if you're up by 60 points, and just say, hey, what, what are we doing here? What do you want to do? Let's work together. I'll call timeout, and you call timeout. Let's figure this out. And then we're all on the same page, whatever you want to do. But we're going to win the game. Don't, <laughs> we are going to win. Uh, but maybe after halftime, we just do seven-on-seven drills. No time. We win the game. And let's just practice some, you know, if you want to practice your offense, we're all already here. I'll stay here for another hour and we can practice against each other and have a scrimmage or something. But yeah, I would just talk it out with the other coach, but that's just me. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a very impressive answer, sir. I like that. Uh, I, I would uh, approve hiring you to be the new Inglewood high school football coach. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you do have to score. So, I mean, I don't have any problem if they're getting up 40 or 50, you know, even 60 points because I mean, but there has to be a cutoff. One hundred six. One hundred six a lot. You. I don't know what the number is to where you say, "All right, that's you know, that's running up the score." But whatever that number is, I think one hundred six is over 
is over that number. It's a little bit over that number, yes. Just like uh, you know, the the Hazard High School people went over the line. I think these people in California went over the line. <laughs> and everything has come full circle again. It does, Tyler. <laughs> what an interesting show. Yeah, that's uh, that was a great one. That was a great show. Some very uncomfortable topics. Um, what was your favorite? What was your favorite thing we talked about? I think we should close out each show with talking about our favorite topic we discussed today. Uh, oh boy. Um, I'll go first. How about that? Okay. All right. Go ahead. I'm going to go with the hazard story. I'm interested to see how they talk their way out of it and try to place blame on somebody else, most likely the students, but we'll see how it goes. I'm going to keep an eye on it. Well, I, I am, uh, my, my favorite topic was Mississippi state. Not, not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a real, that was great. I was really motivated after that one. Uh, but I, I, I think the, the, the combination of the hazard and Corbin stories, oh, you know, it was not a good week for the six Oh six, you and I both being from the six Oh six. It just wasn't, I, mean, it's, I, can't, I can't really say it's been a good week for the six Oh six in about 20 years. Honestly. <laughs> I mean, you, you could say this every week. I mean, it's just constant. Tyler, struggles, Tyler, but... I'm going to make a prediction right now. Okay, well, you got during Hazard's homecoming week next year, which is when this last episode happens, they're going to reenact the skit of the two cousins stabbing each other over the toy in front of the mayor and principal who will still be there because nobody will take responsibility at that school or in that city. Oh, I have no doubt he will still be there. And he'll be laughing and clapping. He's the mayor. He'll probably bring out the toy for Pete's sake. Yeah, by next year, he'll probably be the superintendent, too. (laughs) Yeah, at this rate, apparently that's how you get somewhere. I don't know. But a very interesting show, Tyler. As we said before, follow us on Twitter at LexBuds. We have a lot of witty comments during the games, hopefully some insightful comments as well. Uh, follow us on Facebook, LexBuds, and Pick and Roll. Go to your internet machine and type in the word LexBuds. You will find us, especially if you look in your podcast feed. Make sure you subscribe. Give us a five-star review. We really appreciate that. And uh, we will see you all on the next episode. Stay, Stay classic, classy, Kentucky. Kentucky. <laughs>